0: Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Chris Ballas and Anthony Broom. Happy Friday to everybody out there. One dollar gets you an entire year at the Wolverine.com. Still lots of news going out there. We'll talk about all of it. Mike McDonald going back to the Ravens after a year. Michigan now in need of a defensive coordinator. Chris, you had a little bit of an update there yesterday so that people can check that out. We'll get to Jim Harbaugh watch day 20, whatever it is at this point. It's probably going to go on forever, it feels like, but we'll talk about that as well. And then we'll get to Michigan basketball heading into East Lansing for a showdown with Michigan State. But let's start with Mike McDonald. And uh, we were joking the other night, man, he was just like a a mercenary. You know, he had the one-year mission to come in, win Michigan a championship. Did a great job with this defense when, man, coming into the year, we were talking about holes on the roster and you know how are they going to fix this he had some great play from the edge guys Aiden Hutchinson David Ajabo other guys stepped up throughout the defense the leadership was there but Mike McDonald you know beating Ohio State and I was watching that clip last night of him you know going up to Harbaugh at the end of that game saying we did it uh you know that that was he you know he was brought here for that um let's just I guess go around talk about his impact a little bit that you thought he had in this uh past year Let's be honest, guys. I'm going to ask you this question right now. If you could trade, say you were given this
1: scenario that you could get a defensive coordinator that would come in here for one year and beat Ohio State and hold them to 27 points and win a championship, would you do it knowing that you had to give him back at the end of the year?
0: Yeah. 100%. I would. So and, and,
1: Yeah. And it's not ideal, obviously, but Jim Harbaugh has made some pretty good hires on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Don Brown Had his great moments here. Obviously, the uh, the Ohio State, notwithstanding, uh, did not have his better games against them. So, uh, at the same time, what Mike McDonald accomplished here, uh, I think I don't wouldn't call it a trial run, guys, for the Ravens. But as Jim Harbaugh said when he was hired, he said, "You know, John always told me that he was going to be the next guy after Wink Martindale." So, what about a month ago or three weeks ago when Wink Martindale gets the Ziggy? then you're like, okay, what's going on? You know, what's next? And we had an idea. and we, You guys know, we saw you saw We put up the article about, you know, how long can Michigan hold on to Mike McDonald because it became pretty clear at that point that Mike McDonald had his eyes on the Baltimore job. And I think that Baltimore had uh, an idea that they wanted to hire him as well. I think he really wanted to go back to the NFL and I don't think he embraced recruiting and I don't see say that in a negative way, but I just think he sees himself as an NFL guy and I think he has a long and bright future there. And when you're talking about time invested uh, between the college game and the NFL game, I'm not saying it's not hard. Obviously an NFL job is, is, is crazy hours too, but there is an offseason and you're not, your phone's not ringing all the time. I remember John Beeline, Michigan's former basketball coach telling me he would be up at his cottage uh, with his family and he would be on his phone texting recruits all the time because you can't not answer them. So Long story short, I think he feels like he's better for the NFL. I think it's better for him. Uh, and you wish him well. And now you watch and see what uh, Jim Harbaugh's next move is here, assuming he comes back, which we assume he will at this point. And we'll talk about the NFL interest in a minute. But uh, you tip your cap to the guy and you say, thank you for a job well done. That's how I would look at it.
2: Yeah, I would echo all of that and, and also say, you know, I before kind of jumping full-time back into Michigan coverage you know I, I was an NFL writer for four or five years and, and you listen to a lot of press conferences and see a lot of coaches you know come in and out of organizations some of those guys just have like the NFL guys just have a different um a different vibe about them a different aura about them and I always felt I always felt that that's what McDonald gave off um when he was in Ann Arbor uh just a guy like did we think it would happen after a year? I mean, there was a decent chance, but you know, I thought it would be a little bit longer with him in Ann Arbor. But you always got the sense when um, you know, when when Papa John Harbaugh came calling that he was gonna head back there. So uh the impact that he had, I, again, yeah, you you trade a year for that for everything they accomplished ten times out of ten and then some. Um, you know, I think I was really impressed by you know, the defensive scheme that they ran wasn't super complicated. They just were, um, you know, they were varied in the looks that they gave and they were willing to adjust and they made great adjustments throughout the year. And that's, that's not something that Michigan really had before. And, you know, for all the X's and O stuff that he did on the field, he was a pretty big part of that cultural shift too. And when we talked to Aiden Hutchinson back at big 10 media days in July, he's, you know, he raved about how how big of a deal that McDonald was in the culture shift and how, you know, Aiden always thought it was more how you executed on the field. It was just X's and O's. Um, he was a big influence on a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, who, in turn, was the straw that stirred the drink on a team that busted through a lot of barriers this year. So, you know, it's it's a bit of a storybook ending, uh, so to speak, for uh, for McDonald. I think he gets to go. He just gets to go back. I know there. I've seen some backlash to the guy being loaned, you know, quote unquote loaned out for a year, or only at Michigan for a year, then leaves. I think it's pretty clear, Chris. You hit on this. I think he is an NFL guy. I think, um, you know, it's it's an insanely good opportunity for him going back to a league that, quite frankly, he wants to be in, in a place that he's been before, for a coach that he respects and and trusts implicitly. And, and it's it's hard to feel anything but gratitude and, and you know good vibes and good wishes to that guy. And uh, Michigan, I think, will be fine because Jim Harbaugh, you know, outside of you know the Bob Shoe hire, uh, has hit on pretty much all of his assistant coaching um, hires and things like that. And, you know, we'll, we'll probably talk about it soon. There could be some, some notable things already in motion for them. So yeah, uh you, you tip your hat to that guy. It's a good opportunity for him. And uh he just, he becomes part of the story that was the 2021 season. And I got to say this clay, before you, you chime back in here, uh, you want to talk about
1: job security how many NFL coaches uh, are afforded the opportunity that John Harbaugh has had in Baltimore? How many guys last that long for one organization? He is beloved there. He just signed or is going to sign a contract extension through the mid two thousands. And, and you feel like, you know, he's there for a long, long time. So uh, I think Mike McDonald feels pretty good about that as well. So uh, again, you, you tip your cap to him and you thank John Harbaugh for helping, jim harbaugh right the ship and assuming jim harbaugh's here which we assume he's going to be then uh you move forward and you maybe you ask your brother again okay who's next right
0: yeah it's not a bad idea (laughs) i mean they got some talent on that and, and some young guys on that staff as well could potentially look there could potentially look elsewhere uh in the nfl and the thing just last thing for me on mike mcdonald like the thing that Struck me was early on in camp when Ron Bellamy was talking about the defense and he said, we have answers, you know, like Don Brown's defense and, you know, no one was throwing shade. I mean, there was some veiled shots, I feel like, throughout the year from even some of the players about Don Brown's defense. But, you know, they kind of ran what they ran and they were going to dictate. And I think that's, you know, a decent concept at times. But defense, you know, you have to be inherently a little bit reactive. And they had some answers for what an offense was going to throw at them that they didn't have before. And I think that was exciting. That excited me even before the season. And then you saw that in motion, Anthony, you mentioned not the most complex thing, but you know, you didn't know what they were in half the time. And man, the Penn State call he made when everyone's at the line of scrimmage, he bailed out two defensive linemen to drop in coverage, brought everybody else. Like things like that on that fourth down that uh you know he was able to do that the other team was kept guessing I think was uh was great. And Michigan's got to find somebody who can do stuff like that and be innovative and adjust their defense as time goes on and film is out there uh, going forward. And speaking of that, Chris, I mentioned earlier you had the update on, you know, a couple potential names for Michigan. Uh, People are talking, you know, hey, just bring Steve Klinkscale up or make Mike Elston the defensive coordinator. Um, There's also going to be names emerging that, you know, we haven't heard of at this point potentially as well. Uh, Where do you see this search going for a new defensive coordinator?
1: Yeah, we we have confirmed that Steve Klingscale will be the co-coordinator, but I don't think
0: he ever had his eyes set on being the guy,
1: right? Maybe it's one of the two pieces, and um, I mean, he loves his craft, and in my opinion, in molding these young defensive backs, and that is his forte, the job that he did this year, uh, that was an unbelievable hire. I mean, the first time I heard him speak, I'm like, okay, this guy gets it. Because you always worry about a guy coming in. Well, is he going to get the culture? And and some of that's overblown because there are a lot of programs that have great culture. But that was really the most important thing, in my opinion, in the offseason was to fix that. And he was a huge part of that. He is a no-nonsense guy, uh, a great teacher of the game. He's everything that we heard that he was and more so keeping him is huge. Uh, now, what do you do? Do you go get an Elijah Robinson, who's an elite recruiter, but has never called the defenses before? And I guess was passed up at Texas A&M. Uh, first of all, he's making close to a million dollars as a position coach. So you'd really have to pay him. Now, we do know that he's on the list of, as one, of one of the guys uh, from Texas A&M that Jim Harbaugh is looking at. Uh, Larry Foote has been mentioned. Uh, he's another guy who's never called a defense. Now, Mike McDonald never had either, but he was a huge part of what they did guys at Baltimore and involved in everything Uh, can you say that about these other guys when it comes to I don't know Um, so that's why I do think you know ideally you get a guy like Vic Vanjo and then he he comes in and and, uh, decides he wants to be a crack recruiter too at 62 years old and hit the trail Uh, I don't see that um, you know but
0: that would be awesome though
1: it would be awesome. I would agree hundred percent. So, uh, but to me, the X's and O's is going to be a huge part of this because that's what it takes to, to beat a team like Ohio state. And we saw it, um, you know, they weren't stealing signals or maybe they thought they were, but they were different signals type of thing. You know what I'm saying? So um, the job that they did. Uh, with the X's and O's was huge this year. I don't think Mike McDonald was a great recruiter and I don't think he really had illusions that he was going to be uh, be for long again because I think he always had his eyes set on the NFL. But uh, So that's why I think the search is kind of, I wouldn't say just beginning, but I think just like last year, remember there were all those big names and then all of a sudden Mike McDonald comes out of nowhere. Wouldn't surprise me if that happened again and we weren't privy in advance to what was going on. So... Uh, we know a lot. We don't know everything, that's for sure. But we do trust that Jim Harbaugh, with his track record of hiring defensive coaches, will get somebody in here that's pretty good.
2: Yeah, like I said, he hasn't he hasn't missed on a ton of those guys. And, you know, even the ones that didn't work out, like a Dom Brown. Again, he was there for five years, so you got some tenure out of him. And there were some good moments, like you said. But, yeah, I think the, the biggest thing with the next defensive coordinator is, you know, it's – It has to be the willingness to adapt your game plan and put your players in positions to succeed as opposed to just going out there, solving your problems with aggression and putting a a fullback at defensive tackle because you think it'll work. Like there has to be that, um, you know, some pliability in the things you do. So um, again, I, outside of those names that you just threw out there again, Larry foot is kind of interesting to me because I think someone on our board mentioned this, that every, every defensive coordinator that Harbaugh has hired, even going back to, you know, when he was working with Vic Fangio had linebacking coaching experience or playing experience. So Larry foot would be an interesting one. Um, you know, I, I would trust a guy like that because he played the position for so long. And you know, he's coaching one of the best linebacker rooms in the NFL right now. So that would be interesting. I know um, some people might kind of roll their eyes at it. Cause you're building the entire staff out of, of, uh, of Michigan guys, but, you know he's someone who's qualified too, so that's kind of a sleeper, I think, for a guy that I think might be a good fit. But I think it's probably more likely, like you said, Chris, that Harbaugh goes out and grabs someone that we've never heard of or someone that we weren't thinking about, and then um, go from there. I, I'm, you know, something maybe to look out for too is Mike Elston did coach the linebackers for I think two or three years at Notre Dame, so maybe do. if maybe you elevate him to defensive coordinator and he coaches the linebackers instead as we saw last year like jim has zero issues with switching guys titles around after the fact if he has to fill out a staff so uh we'll see what happens it's going to be really interesting um again expecting Harbaugh to be back i just i don't you're you're not worried so much about losing a guy because i think he has a, a more than capable track record of replacing these guys and in a lot of cases you know upgrading what he just lost
1: I'll be honest, when we, going back to, again, when we were putting that puzzle together, when we heard that, you know, hey, he's looking at Robinson more for defensive coordinator than defensive line, um, I thought, okay, well, then you start hearing about Ellston, and obviously you broke the news on that, too, and we're talking, thinking about, okay, how does he fit, because he's been passed over, has he been made a guarantee? That if Mike McDonald leaves, you know, I don't think he was, but I think maybe he was told that he would be given a look or or having that opportunity down the road. He's making good money, what, $650,000 or something like that to, to be a position coach, which is great money. Um, And those guys earn every penny, let's be clear. But uh, I do think that's possible. Uh, One thing I would say about Larry Foote, and we'll have more about this in our Inside the Fort today, is there are reasons to believe that it won't happen. Number one, I think he is being mentioned for NFL jobs. And I think uh, that is part of what he's thinking about for his next step. I think maybe tied at the hip with Byron Leftwich, who's being another assistant coach at Tampa, who is going to get a head coaching job, in my opinion, and should. So, um, but that, and then there are a couple other things. So we will have that in today's Inside the Fort, just to tease that a little bit.
0: Little teaser. Let's take a quick time out to talk about Manscaped here. Uh, Manscaped is our great partner. Roses are red, violets are blue. Don't let a wild pube wreck you. Valentine's Day is just around the corner. Our sponsors at Manscaped are here for you with the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion. This V-Day, it's time to join the 4 million men worldwide, Who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below the waist grooming? With our exclusive offer, go to manscaped.com, use the promo code 20GOBLUE for 20% off plus free shipping. That's 20GOBLUE. The holidays went by so quickly. Did you remember to take care of your package with the best tools for the job? The Performance Package 4.0, which they sent us, uh, is just the thing every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just a little bit more special. Anthony, great product, great partner, Manscaped. Uh your thoughts on just uh the performance package 4.0 that they sent us and uh being one of those 4 million men worldwide.
2: Well, it's wonderful. Every time they send us something and we say this, whatever we have to do, read. Every time they send us something, uh it's not just us um you know, it's not just us sucking up to the sponsor. It's legitimately great. It's a great product. It smells um the shampoos, the body wash, they smell great. It's all wonderful. So we appreciate our friends over at
0: Manscaped for taking care of us. No doubt. So 20 go blue is the promo code there, 20-G-L-B-L-U-E. Uh, almost didn't spell blue correctly there, but that gets you 20% off plus free shipping at Manscaped.com. So go and do that right now. We'll also drop the link in the comment section below. Yeah. I mean, it seems like Byron left, which is going to Jacksonville and Larry foot to me, I was about to say, like, he, he feels like to me similar, or maybe even a year ahead of where Mike McDonald was a year ago where, you know, it's like, if you leave the NFL, it might be in this situation again. And as you mentioned, Anthony, if he's going to stay with the, the bucks, like you have Levante, David and Devin white. I mean, that's, that's one of the best linebacking cores in uh, the entire league. So it, it's a lot to think about there. Um, Real quick on Jim Harbaugh, I mean, it just continues to drag out. But, you know, it's interesting. We've always said, like, the longer it goes, the less likely he comes back. And that that has to be true with the fact that, you know, he's probably not going to coach on this current contract. So he's got to sign something else. At the same time, it feels like the NFL stuff is starting to ramp up. And no news at this point seems like good news for Michigan fans because you just haven't seen his name mentioned really lately. With some of these jobs, you look at the Raiders. They appear to be closing in on a package deal. With a Patriots front office guy whose name you know slips my mind, and Josh McDaniels as the head coach, uh, as the GM head coach, you know that might not happen, but that looks like it's coming to the forefront a little bit. Bears hired their guy. Other searches are moving along. What do we think as as time goes on here with the Jim Harbaugh watch day twenty whatever? Yeah, I think that the, the Raiders thing was clearly real and obviously real. Uh, and as a matter of
1: fact, there are some guys that we've spoken with who were convinced that Mark Davis was going to offer Jim Harbaugh each contract just two weeks ago. So um, what's changed, or if anything's changed, I don't know, maybe he just wanted to uh, interview some other candidates and then maybe come back to Harbaugh, whatever. But that is really the one, right, that we're watching. And if that gets filled, then to me, uh, Jim Harbaugh, is probably coming back to Michigan. Now, uh, the Miami thing is interesting, too, because Stephen Ross has said he's not going to hire uh, Jim Harbaugh away from Michigan. But if he got wind that, okay, Harbaugh is definitely leaving and that other NFL teams are interested and he wanted him, there's no question in my mind he'd go after him. So I don't think Miami's uh, filled their position yet, if I'm not mistaken.
0: I don't think no, so. He's yep. been pretty quiet. Yep. I mean, not that I follow exactly. the but yeah.
1: So, you know, and when those are cleared up, then then you'll feel a lot better if you're a Michigan fan, but as we've reported all along, the assistant coaches don't think he's going anywhere. He's saying all the right things. It would take quite a a, a contract in my opinion to get him away. And um at the same time, you know, is he thrilled with last year? And is he thrilled with this contract? I don't think so. In fact, I'm very confident in saying that in, in my strong opinion, no, but um, it, it's not like he's getting paid peanuts and it's not like he doesn't love Michigan because he does. So it's a good situation for him here, at least until the next time he loses to Michigan state or Ohio state.
2: Yeah. That's usually what will fire up the, uh, the, the criticism cannon, so to speak. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's, the more that we kind of sit here and speculate about what possibly could going on, I do, uh, what could possibly be going on. I just think the timeline of everything tells the story. I don't think it's that complicated. I think it's, it's pretty apparent there is NFL interest on his end to at least poke around and see, see who's interested. Um, I'll say this with the Raiders. I mean, I know there were the reports were what they were, but you know, if I'm, I'm, if I'm sitting there as Mark Davis going, you know, if this, if it's going to take a mega deal to get this guy here um, he's someone who hasn't coached in the NFL in seven years, he probably need, you know, you'd probably need to cede some front office control to him. Um, and after you just kind of ha- went through the ordeal you did with Gruden, not that Jim Harbaugh has those type of skeletons in the closet. I could see why, you know, from a Raiders perspective, why they would maybe um, go after some of these other guys that they have, uh, you know, something else I think we've talked about before is that you know, it's been quiet but at the same time, these teams don't have to request to interview college coaches. So that stuff doesn't leak out. So we honestly don't know who Harbaugh has talked to uh, outside of, you know, your reporting, Chris, and, you know, wh- whispers that we hear from people. So I'm not all that surprised things have been quiet there. But, you know, it's pretty apparent that, um, you know, I think that he's just kind of waiting out till the very last second, you know, because let's be honest. I mean, if, if the, the contract terms would have – if the contract numbers are what kind of have been reported here um, I don't blame him for seeking a little more um, at least negotiating leverage. But at the end of the day, if it just comes down to the deal at Michigan being all it's there, he'll sign it. It's a good deal. And they'll maybe they'll be back in this spot again next year. Um, if he still has the itch to, to look around the NFL, but um, you know, it's as we get into, I think this is, this is day 28. The the, the orange bowl was, almost a month ago now, Um, you know, it just, it doesn't feel like the longer we go on, the less likely it is because nothing has changed. So um, that's where we're at. I guess the caveat, yeah, it would be the longer it goes
1: on as long as he has other opportunities and those opportunities are filling up and we aren't seeing uh, we are not seeing him as the favorite for many of these jobs and that's the thing. So yes. um, I, it does look like Michigan's going to get their coach back. And and like we've said, uh, and he would anyway, he's operating like he's going to be there. Uh, and so I know assistant coaches are too, and they all think that he's coming back.
0: Yeah. And he's on the recruiting trail. I mean, it looks like he's recruiting as hard as he ever has, which is kind of funny. Like he's just blocking out the noise, going about his business I also have a prediction if he does come back, which, again, I expect him to as well. Like, he's not going to sign his deal with Michigan, like, the day after the Raiders hires another coach because that would look – I mean, he's going to sign that thing in, like, at this point, I mean, March, April, after spring ball, something like that. And I don't blame him either. I mean, it's like he's under contract. Like, I understand it to a certain extent. At the same time, he's not coaching under this contract next year. Like, he's just not. I mean, there's no point uh, unless he literally would do it for free. So, you know. Uh, you know, that's something to watch as well, I guess. But the timeline here is just getting, uh, you know, it's just basically the same thing every week. We're continuing to monitor the NFL stuff and all that. Uh, obviously, as always, at the Wolverine. Real quick, guys, uh, Michigan-Michigan State basketball game. What, they are supposed to play three weeks ago? Didn't seem like it was going to be as exciting as it could potentially be, even though it's in East Lansing. Going to be a real tough challenge for Michigan still. But this team has done uh, a lot of improving, a lot of growing over the last month, especially after getting healthy. Uh, real quick on what you guys expect on Saturday afternoon at the Jack Breslin mm-hmm. Student Events Center.
1: This is not a Michigan State team that scares you when you look at their players. When they play well together as a team and like an ISO team where they are committed to you know the doing the little things and the dirty work uh then they're tough to beat then we saw that at wisconsin uh, when they aren't then you see northwestern come in there and beat them and you see them score 55 points at illinois when illinois was up without kofi Coburn and uh, corbello so um the thing is is that this is the game on their schedule that they uh, every year refuse to lose, right? Michigan state. It's like, okay, we do not lose this game. We will do, you know, it is what it is. Uh, You know, it is, uh, this is the one they take personally, let's put it that way. So that's what makes it so tough. Uh, Tom Izzo scouts Michigan as much as, and as well as anybody. So, um, you know, back in the day, when he had, was going up head-to-head with John Beeline, there's a reason that was a 50-50 proposition because he had two of the best uh, schemers in the game going head-to-head. So uh, and that's not to take anything away from Juwan Howard, who's done a fantastic job here. So he just doesn't have the experience. And when he gets that, uh, he's only going to get better and better. So uh, I think there's a chance, guys, uh, depending on how they come out and how they shoot, um, if they don't give up points in transition, that defense has got to be better. You cannot let them uh, you know on a make they love to go down and get the easy ones you got to get back um, on defense so uh, I don't know what the spread will be or is I'm guessing Michigan State by four or five or something like that I think this is a winnable game but you're playing with house money if you lose guys I know you hate to lose to a rival but it's not going to be one of those season enders like it would have been had you lost to Northwestern at home where you're really going to have to dig out of a hole so uh, if Michigan gets off to a good start if Caleb Houston makes some shots and they defend well, I think Michigan's got a chance to win this game.
2: Yeah, this is a game where this is a loose ball game. The team that is willing to die for the loose balls and and makes its shots and and you know outscores the other team. That's how you win basketball games, yeah. right? Um, you know, once Clayton and I talked about this the other night. It, you know, once they you get a win over a team like Indiana, you don't want to say that this game Saturday is is gravy, because you want quite frankly, they dug themselves such a hole that every win is going to be needed and, and you know for them to build an NCA tournament resume but um you are kind of playing with house money here and it's a blessing in disguise that um uh, you know it kind of seems like that little covid outbreak sort of sparked something with this team and the effort's been much better the defensive uh, intensity on that end of the floor has been better they've been scoring better over the last uh you know the last couple of games if you can go out and get this win against Michigan State all of a sudden you've won four in a row you have nebraska Um, coming to Chrysler center on Tuesday, which I mean, I, Michigan, when they play poorly, they could lose to anyone. But I I think that Nebraska might be the exception to that. That's one of the worst basketball teams I've watched this year. Um, So if you could find a way to maybe squeak out these next two games, all of a sudden you're sitting at 12 and seven and you're going into a stretch now where you're going to play Purdue. And then you've got a road game at a road game at Penn state. You come back two days later, play Purdue again at home. And then two days later you get Ohio state at home. So, there's kind of a tough little stretch coming up for Michigan. They're all going to be tough uh, when you get to this part of the year. But if you can find a way to get this one on Saturday, I think you can really start talking about You can already start talking about it, but we can start to put some, some legitimacy into the idea that this might not just be a bubble team. This is a team that can get into the tournament and maybe you know, keep playing good basketball, and, and we'll see what happens come March.
0: Yeah, and those, I think, I mean, the rest of the season at this point is a tough stretch. Uh, going forward. I think all but two or three games are top 30 teams. Uh, Nebraska is obviously one of those in um, a couple more. So, you know, it, it's going to be tough here and you got to get the wins when you can. A rival sometimes can can spark something and, you know, and you can get that win at the same time. Michigan State not playing totally great over the last three games, but a rivalry game for them could just, you know, shake them right out of that as well. So, I, you know, I expect both teams to play pretty well. Michigan's got to handle the crowd. I think playing at Assembly Hall last week is big because they're going to have the confidence that they can go in, handle that type of noise, and and execute. So uh, it'll be interesting, man. We've seen good, really good Michigan teams go in there and get a little bit shook. 2013, they lost by 23 points, uh, you beat them at home, and then end up going to the national title game. But it could go either way. It could go any way in this game. Uh, and it'll be interesting, you know, a next test for this Michigan team that appears to be turning a little bit of a corner, although Wednesday night wasn't pretty. Um, Yeah, stay tuned for all the coverage there at TheWolverine.com. Defensive coordinator search, Michigan basketball versus Michigan State on Saturday, everything else at TheWolverine.com.
1: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
2: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.